Well, hello, hello, hello. Hello, Ronnie. Can you hear me? Hello. All right, man. We have made contact. Eagle has landed. Hello. Hello, Ronnie. Yes. All right. There you are. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I just need to share this testimony with the audience that we have been trying for, what, a few days, a week, to get you connected. And man, I tell you what, it worked out because my next option was going to do a podcast Zoom. Oh, wow. Yes, ma'am. A podcast Zoom. Yes. And, and have them to see your pretty face, which is still, Aww. which is still is an option because um, they need to hear your music as well. But anyway, welcome everybody to this episode of List Support Group Podcast, and we are so glad that you guys have joined us. We are not professionals at this at all, as you can probably tell, but that's all right. We have a message that we believe that is very timely and very important, especially in this day and time. So each week we want to come in, we're going to bring somebody in who has this amazing story, not no tiptoes through the tulip story, but I'm talking about a real fighting for your life story and they won and they still winning. So Today, today, I am just so happy to have this young lady uh, on the podcast. Her name is Ronnie. That's what we call her. That's what she prefers to be called. But she'll introduce herself. She has an amazing story. And, and Ronnie, you can tell as much of it as you want. Now, we try to keep it to 20 minutes, okay? So okay. we have to come back and do a part two. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. If we have <laughs> to come back and do a part two or three, we can do that. Okay, but okay. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to just sit back and I might interrupt you. Just, you know, don't mind that. Uh, okay. if, I, if I hear something that I want you to kind of to elaborate a little bit more on, I might mm-hmm. do that. You know, so just introduce yourself, where you're from, where you are, yada, yada, yada. Tell your story from then to now. Okay. All right. Okay, well, first of all, I want to say, you know, that I'm, I'm very uh, honored and humbled by this opportunity. Um, and I believe the timing is perfect. Always, yes. Always, always. Timing is perfect. Um, because, ironically, I told a snippet of my story mm-hmm. on this past Sunday because I preached at one of the churches that I play at. Okay. And... Um, and the title of my message was, it's time to show your scars. Oh my God. Yeah. And, okay. and I, and I, and I took it from this, you know, the, 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 the scripture in John 20, where, um, Jesus, you know, showed his hands and he showed, you know, the, the, yeah, the, the place yeah. in his side to the disciples, you know, and, and so I was just saying that it's time to show your scars because there are doubting Thomases out there that need mm. to be able to touch, you know, like, like it wasn't just enough for Thomas to see it, to see the, 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 the prince. He had to actually touch the prince. He had to touch you know? it, girl. You better preach up yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. So, so I wrote my story down because I believe 
even application uh-huh. you know when it comes down to messages so uh-huh. i was like i put my own little application in there so that okay. i can help people to understand that this message is just a message you've heard if you don't apply it to your life you know right. so that's right. why i wanted to so i actually wrote the, for the very first time i wrote my story down and so uh-huh. so you're almost going to get a synopsis of the message uh, okay okay so, now, it, now what, what you don't realize i hate i told them i cut you off okay. but what you don't realize is that that little synopsis is going to burst into a book Ooh. okay wow. and i'm going i'm going to help you write it and i'm going to help you publish okay. it okay okay thanks very much praise the lord hallelujah carry on <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. So go okay, ahead. Okay. Well, my name is Veronica Lavette Johnson. Um, I'm a native of Mississippi, which is where I, where I currently am. Um, mm-hmm. And it was all ordained by God because um, I, I call myself coming home to just kind of reset, so to speak. And then when the when the pandemic came, I kind of ended up uh, just just staying here, and and I knew it was God, mm-hmm. so it didn't take long for me to say, mm-hmm. okay, God, I'm I'm back home. And so, um, so I was uh, basically reared up in a Christian home. Dad's a pastor, um, mom, mm-hmm. first lady, missionary, um, and um, and I'm actually currently serving. My dad is still pastoring. I'm currently serving um, as his uh, musician there, and however else he needs me. Um, mm-hmm. But I basically was reared up in a Christian home, uh, gifted, talented, whole nine. Um, mm-hmm. you know, pretty sheltered, uh, my mom, you know, pageants and the whole nine, you know, and I was in recitals and all that. So, um, mm-hmm. so really after high school, I wanted to go to college. So I went to college. I graduated from Alcorn State University and, um, with a bachelor's in agriculture. And so okay. after I graduated, I saw a career in agriculture and um uh-huh. and so in like two th- i graduated in 99 and i in in like 2002 i actually got a job working at back there and uh-huh. and so i worked 11 months in that job and this is when you know this whole shift begins to take place in my life i worked uh-huh. 11 months in my quote-unquote career uh, uh-huh. And I hated it with a passion, and so I, so I kind of just got to a place right then and there. I said, "Okay, God, listen, what did you put me on this earth to do? Because I know it's not to look at chickens. I know this is not your purpose for me. Your purpose is not for me to okay. look at poultry all day and find diseases. Okay. No, that's not. That's not. You know. And so, uh-huh. so the main thing that really caused me to just realize that that wasn't it is because I only felt at peace when I was singing. I, I only felt at peace right, when I was writing. Right. So I was like, okay, uh-huh. God, so I know it has something to do with that. So in 2004, um, well, in 2003, I actually started to actively seek the will of God for my life. And, uh-huh. and that kind of started this journey to me, finding my real passion, you know, purpose and all that good stuff. Uh So uh I moved to North Carolina per the Lord's leading and it was almost like an Abrahamic type move. Ain't no almost. It was, it was an Abrahamic type move. And, Uh um, um, and so 
I moved to North Carolina and it was in North Carolina where I really grew as um, as a woman. I, you know, I, I, I grew as a minister. My pastor, Ernest W. Jones, he actually saw so much in me that he uh-huh. like snatched it out. You know, things that I really didn't see uh-huh. in myself, you know, he like snatched it out. So it uh-huh. was during uh-huh. that time that I really flourished as a musician, singer, songwriter, you know, and um, and I recorded an album in 2009. Uh-huh. And it was almost like an album, you know, just talking about my journey from leaving home up until that time. So uh-huh. like, like a five-year journey. Uh-huh. And so this is when the, you know, this is when the, the story kind of spins a little. Uh-huh. Like after after I record my little album, I'm like, oh, I'm ready to go on the road. Okay. Okay. So, so, um, okay. So, so what I stopped doing was I stopped seeking God. I I was like, surely God, you, this is what you want me to do. Surely Uh this is what you want me to do. You want me to go out and evangelize through the music. Uh So (laughs) surely this is what you want, Lord. And so the thing about it is when your heart is really, really connected to something, you can actually start seeking God. And because your heart is so attached to it, you really think that God is talking and God ain't talking. It's just your Girl, you, you better preach. You better preach. You get what I mean? I so, got you. Because yes, I was ma'am. so attached to moving away. I was uh-huh. so attached to just leaving and doing this thing until I started to see signs and wonders <laughs> in right. the flesh. Just fleshless signs. So, uh-huh. so I basically left North Carolina and all these signs quote unquote from these signs i ended up in minnesota i ended Uh up um in iowa i actually had a wreck in iowa Uh and that's when i had to pause and that's when that was really when depression started to come like because that accident it left me out there like no, uh, uh-uh, this is not where you. No, this is because I had lived in Iowa before, uh-huh. so I already knew what Iowa had and what it didn't have, and what I didn't like and what I liked. And so it uh-huh. was, it was, it was when I got dropped off in Iowa that I started really just being depressed because I was lost. I was so lost at that point, and I was uh-huh. just going through the motions, and. That was in 2010. In in 2012, I get a call from a pastor and he wants me to come up and be his worship pastor. Uh And surely, oh, this is God. Because God, this Uh is what I live to do. I live to worship you. I live to lead people into worship. I live Uh to serve. I know you've anointed me to be a leader. Uh So I packed all of my little stuff and I put Uh it in. My 1998 Volvo. I drove to Bellingham, Washington to get on the ferry. Uh-huh. I, I was on the ferry for five days, ended up in Alaska, and I was a worship pastor at a church in Alaska. Whoa, 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 whoa. Bring it back a little bit. Uh huh. Take, take a breath. Okay. Take a breath. Okay. <laughs> you drove your Volvo. Yes. 
to Washington State. Yes. Put you and your Bobo on a ferry. Yes. And you rode the ferry all the way to Alaska. Yes. A five-day journey. A five-day journey. Girl, I wish I would have known they had that because we drove from Alaska and that took us six days. But anyway, yeah. um, I didn't know they had ferries. Yes. But okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I actually right. had a layover well, in Juneau, Alaska, which is the capital. Been to Juneau. I used to work in Juneau. Lord have mercy. Wow. Okay. Look at this. Yes, ma'am. Look at look at that. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm gonna stop. Okay. I'm gonna stop. Go ahead. So I move away, and and honestly, I was just at a place where surely this is it. You know, this is my mm-hmm. dream job. I get a chance to do what I love to do, and I get paid for it. You know, mm-hmm. and the church really laid out the red carpet for me. Um, but unfortunately, because I was given that position. Of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. I ain't see all this back then in 2000. Right. But because uh-huh. I was put in such a leadership position without proper maturity, I uh-huh. just mishandled. I really mishandled the people. I really mishandled okay. my position. And uh-huh. and so um, so I, I I I I really wasn't a good. I, I, I wasn't a good fit, I'm going to say. I wasn't a good fit for the okay. ministry. So, mm-hmm. in January of 2014, um, I went into work, and on a Thursday, January 16th to be exact, I went into mm-hmm. work, and the pastor came in, um, and he shared with me that they no longer had a need for my services. And, mm. and that I had, you know, I, I I did a great job. It wasn't because of my, you know, my, my service to the ministry is just that they didn't feel that I was a good fit. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so they gave me a severance package and, um, but I had built a life there. Like I, right. I had just bought a new truck. I had just, um, uh, I was just about to, uh, about to renew my lease. And, but because mm-hmm. I was so disconnected from the ministry or like from the people mm-hmm. in the ministry, like they didn't really mm-hmm. see my life. Like they didn't really see the life that I was creating. They, they looked at me, mm-hmm. you know, as an employee, you know, so keep moving, you know, I think they did consider mm-hmm. the fact that my, my lease would be up in February. So they're thinking, oh, well, maybe I'm just saying, maybe they were thinking that, well, if we release her now, then, then she really doesn't lose anything. Um, and so, Mm -hmm. um, I basically defaulted to anger. I was angry at the church. I was angry at the pastor. I was angry at the people. I was just, I was angry at God. Mm -hmm. And so from 2014 Mm -hmm. to 2018, I was on a, on a, on a, on a, on a, like a quick spiral into, you know, mm-hmm. just a, a, a spiritual and even almost a physical death. And um, mm-hmm. so, of course, I went deeper into depression. Um, I started mm-hmm. I started getting anxious because I wasn't seeking God, of course, because I'm mad at him, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm not really right. talking to right. him. I ain't hanging right. out with him, you know. And so, so, mm-hmm. so I started to really, um, like, feed my anger with alcohol um and i Mm -hmm. realized that i was really just hurt 
you know, but because I wasn't processing the hurt, it was it, it just went directly to anger, you know, and I really didn't want to feel right. the pain. Uh huh. So I started drinking. Uh huh. And uh, uh huh. And, and and at first I could have a glass of wine at night and I'm good, but. A uh-huh. glass of wine turned into a bottle of wine. A bottle of wine turned into mixed okay. drinks. You know, and then mixed drinks turned into my own mixed drinks at the house. And so I basically okay. started to drink heavily. And um, and I, uh, I was still trying to function as a human, you know, going through something. And, not, and nobody to me... Nobody really understood what I was going through. So I didn't really feel like I had the support that I needed. So as uh-huh. a result of me feeling that way, I just made alcohol my best friend. Alcohol was like you. I was like, oh. alcohol, you my boo-boo. You are not. You you going <laughs> to listen to me. Right. You right. going to make me feel better. You gonna, you know, you gonna give me that uh-huh. quote unquote liquid courage to the point where I can, you uh-huh. know, shrug stuff off that used to bother me, you know, and so it became my best friend, it became my boyfriend, and it and it and it eventually became uh-huh. my God because I was just going to it instead of going to God. And um, so fast forward from two four, 2014 to 2017. That's, I realized uh-huh. that I was out of control because I started to mix my alcohol with my depression meds and mix my alcohol uh, with my anxiety meds. Okay. And so, okay. and that would take okay. me into a state of, and it's the twisted thing about alcohol is that it really, it's, it really doesn't help you. Like it doesn't. I mean, you because after the the highest down, you still got that situation going on, you know. And so, right, right. so I really was kept right. going deeper and deeper and lower and lower. And I'm thinking that the, you know, that the alcohol is really giving me a boost, but it's really bringing me deeper, deeper, deeper down. So of course, right. And 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 that and that's the uh, yes. the intent of it. That's the device of it. Because it's never, it's never going to fulfill. Yes. It is going to give the impression, which is a false impression, of fulfillment until it wears off, and you're still facing the same situation that exactly. you were in the beginning. That's to trick exactly. the enemy. That's how he get us hooked. No, 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 okay, no, no, that's okay. fine. No, okay, that's I'm great. sorry. Go ahead, carry on. And so, yeah. I, so because yeah. I started to mix those things and started to get deeper and deeper, then that's when the enemy is like, yeah, I got mm-hmm. her now, so I'm going to take her out. And I'm going to let her do it. You know? And so, mm-hmm. so uh-huh. that, so I, there were uh, several times that I know of where I mixed my, my alcohol and my, and my medications and I ended up in two different hospitals in their in the psychiatric uh-huh. like I spent two weeks in one of them at on two separate times and and I and I was uh-huh. and I spent two like two nights in at uh Cape Fear Valley and one time one suicide attempt okay. was really 
so severe until I, I I went from one hospital to the next in a in a in a hospital bed and I don't even know how I got my clothes off. I don't know I don't know who you know I don't know how I got from one hospital to the next hospital. I ain't felt I, I ain't felt them put no uh-huh. IV in my veins or nothing. And that wow. and that's when coupled with the fact that you know that alcohol had begun to you know control me i said veronica you gotta get help like you like this like you gotta get help uh-huh. you know and and really uh-huh. I, uh, I i i went to substance abuse counseling right there in fayetteville at at, at carolina uh-huh. outreach i went to substance abuse counseling now mind uh-huh. you i I continued to drink because I was like, oh, I'm just going to come and get uh-huh. the information, but I can slow down. Like I can, I ain't got to necessarily stop. Right. But, but I right. did not right. get to a place where I knew that I had to stop until I had to admit that I was an alcoholic. So it was not until, uh-huh. Uh-huh. um, they would have the AA uh, group to come in to our our groups, and and we mm-hmm. had to listen to them. And I got to the place where I was mm-hmm. like Veronica, and even my group leader, she knew I was still drinking, you know. And that's one thing I love about about mm-hmm. counseling is they don't shun you if they know that you, or they don't they don't fuss at you or anything like that. You're there to get help. You know, right, and they right. loved you. They love you in the midst right. of this. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm seeing God even in the midst of me going to counseling because the love was still there. You get what I mean? Like I'm right, still seeing right. the fact that God is using these people to love on me and love me through this, but I still had to admit mm-hmm. it in order for me to get my relationship established with God again and to get myself in a space again where I was completely sober and vigilant as the Bible says. Mm -hmm. So I admitted that I was an alcoholic and I I admitted Mm -hmm. that in 2017 and um, it was like after I began to admit it then I started to try to wean myself away from it. And, um, and so I'll say maybe three months after I admitted that I was an alcoholic, I actually was faced with a decision that I could either continue Uh to drink and just drink my entire life away, Uh or I could actually Uh live the life that God intended for me to live. So mm-hmm. I began to see just how much of an enemy that the alcohol was. Right. So right. I okay. Wrote a song, okay. And I'm gonna tell you one thing about me and breaking uh-huh. up with a boyfriend. Once I write a song about Uh-oh. you, are we done? Uh huh. That's it. <laughs> Once I write a song about you, I got two boyfriends right now that could probably tell you if we were to ever talk again that that when Veronica writes a song about uh, you, she's done. She's done. 
It's over. It's over. So I wrote a uh-huh. breakup song uh-huh. to alcohol. I wrote uh-huh. a breakup wow. song to alcohol. And I promise you, that along uh-huh. with the uh, that along with the accountability from other people is what has kept me sober. Because uh-huh. when I think about wow. when I think about a drink to the point where I want to go to the store and buy one. Uh-huh. I, I, I start singing uh-huh. that song. That song st- and and it and I, I don't wow. just think of that song, but I but I think about all the people that I shared with last month that I was 28 months sober. And I think about the fact that if I relapse, uh-huh. then I then then I can't I, I can't have that testimony next month. You know, come on, and, and so, yeah. and, and, and I hate yeah. that the quote unquote church don't want to hear stuff like this because people don't realize that you need people to be able to keep you up. You need the come voices on. of That's the right. people That's right. to keep you up. So I'm so transparent about it because my Facebook and my Instagram uh-huh. followers people that I probably would never meet, they keep me accountable to stay sober. Yeah, yeah. That's they good. keep me accountable. So I'm at a place in my life where I know God never left me, even though I was angry with him. Mm-hmm. Whatever he had planned for my life, it was it, it, it was going to be no matter what. You know, and so I had to get from the religious Mm -hmm. stuff because it had got to a point where I was, I would have a drink before I went to church because of the fact that, like I said, it Mm -hmm. gives you that liquid courage to you feel like if anybody say anything to me today, because, because Mm -hmm. when I came back, I came back broken. You know, I came back angry. I came back with baggage i didn't just bring my luggage but i had yeah. baggage several bags under your shoulder yeah you know and so yeah. when when i started to go to counseling i also went to therapy and i i i, I realized uh-huh. why losing that job was such a turning point in my life why it was su- it's that event because i'm telling you uh-huh. if you look at any intervention video you an event uh-huh. that happened in their lives that drove them to the place where they're at today uh-huh. so right. me, me there's always a shifting moment there's me always losing a shifting that moment. job yeah. was was my shifting moment that's losing and I didn't realize uh-huh. that I had never never properly grieved the death of my brother and that's a whole I mean that's like a okay. whole nother chapter in and of itself that's a whole nother story yeah. so that's how yeah. okay. loss became that thing that just kept driving me deeper and deeper uh-huh. and deeper and because I had reached such a place in my life where I felt this was it and God just swept the rug right from under my feet uh-huh. I just fell I uh-huh. fell and and because I uh-huh. wasn't seeking uh-huh. God I messed up when I moved in 2010 I messed up that's that's uh-huh. when I got off but that's why 
Today, uh-huh. I refuse to close my mouth about this when I know it was God uh-huh. that has given me the testimony that I have because he could have let me die. Yeah. He, he could have he could have wow. allowed me to hit somebody while I was driving impaired. He could have allowed me to even get mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, I went to an event in like maybe Christmas of 2015, I believe it was. I went to an event and I had one drink. Mm-hmm. When I say one drink, I say one drink. And I had to drive from mm-hmm. Michigan back to Iowa. And mm-hmm. I was listening to uh, Ty Trebek. I, was, I think I might have been listening to He Turned It. And I uh-huh. just was going in and I was crying and I was uh-huh. praising the Lord. And I didn't realize I was speeding. So when I got pulled over, uh-huh. my of course my eyes were red and my nose was red from crying. And so the, 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 uh-huh. the cop, he asked me if, um, you know, you know, why was I speeding? And I was like, sir, I said, my music was on. I was just really excited. And he said, um, he said, uh, uh-huh. he said, would you step out of the car or whatever? And I, and I said, sure. And, um, he said, uh-huh. um, have you had anything to drink tonight? And I said, well, I said, I had a drink, like maybe uh-huh. like, like an hour or so ago, maybe, you know, and he said, so, so then he, you know, he does the whole test. You know, and like he puts his finger in, mm-hmm. you know, in front of my face and he tells me to follow his finger. And then I do the breathalyzer and mm-hmm. I fell just beneath mm-hmm. the point where I could have been mm. taken to jail that night. And not only that, Apostle, wow. I was in somebody else's vehicle. But mm-hmm. I believe without, I really believe, mm-hmm. and I'll go to my grave believing this. I believe that the mm-hmm. praise that I have put forth mm-hmm. in that car before mm-hmm. I just believe mm-hmm. that I brought God on the scene to the point where he could move mm-hmm. on this officer's heart and cause him mm-hmm. to allow me to go. Not only did he move on the Uh-oh. officer's heart, I'm sorry, you get me excited, but he also got um, into um, that breath Eliza device and said, yeah. now don't you Woo. go no further than this right here, because I need, yes. I, need, I need her to get home, so don't you go no right. further than this point, right? Okay, stop, don't move, right there. Yeah, yeah. You probably you know what? Saying. And yeah, I yeah, believe again. Mm-hmm. I believe just even my honesty with this with this guy. I just read, and that's just, mm-hmm. it's the same way with God. We can be in so much trouble. Like we could have, mm. we, we yes, we ran the stop sign. Yes, we were driving too fast. Yes, we didn't mm-hmm. do what he told us to do. But. <laughs> He 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 can, he has the power to let you go if you be honest. If you be honest with him. So when 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 I'm yeah. watching TV, because because yeah. because you, you know it's everywhere. You, alcohol is everywhere. I mean, it's like they got these spritzers mm-hmm. that they came out, you know, and they got all this new stuff, and it seems like everybody on mm-hmm. TV can have a glass of wine. Everybody, like this is just the thing, you know. And I don't mm-hmm. knock it, mm-hmm. but it's like that's that thing, right, right. you know. That's my vice. Uh-huh. So, so 
when I when I look at that and uh-huh. I be like, okay, God, um, it would it would be nice for me to have a little, <laughs> you know, a, a, a little martini right now, uh-huh. you know, because the thing about it is the thing that uh-huh. life is still happening and and life sent me to alcohol, so right, life right. definitely keep me in alcohol, but I choose the life that God has chosen for me. Uh huh. Right. If right. we would just be honest, right. that's powerful. Like I said, it's, it's good. time to show our scars. It's mm-hmm. time to show them. Mhm. Mhm. Wow. You know, just thinking about that part about honesty. Yes. You know, if Adam would have been honest when he was first confronted with God in the garden, things may have been a little different things may have been have turned out a whole right. other way but because he wasn't honest that man we, we are where yeah. we are right now yeah we are yeah where we and are the thing right about now. it is god yeah. already knew mm-hmm. he said mm-hmm. where are you who told you you were naked mm-hmm. yeah yeah and yeah and, and i get your information from with the scripture yeah. from the message where when jesus came to thomas jesus said to him Reach it, just mm-hmm. don't reach, cause I already know. I already know what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and reach it. Right, 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 so right. Of course, I'm right. pretty sure that even before mm-hmm. Thomas was able to touch him, that that already ignited something in the fact that 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 he already knows what I'm looking for. He already knows what it's gonna take for me to believe. Mm-hmm. So God mm-hmm. knows what it's going to take in this yeah. hour for people to really believe that they can, that they can be delivered from it or that they can stop. Because everybody don't even, that everybody don't look at mm-hmm. recovery as quote unquote delivery. So, so I meet people with the point of mm-hmm. you can recover. And not only can you recover, you mm-hmm. know, the, 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 the control that you have but you can recover the things that you've lost along the way so recovery along is, for way. Me, is not just me Absolutely. stopping you know stopping drinking recovery for me is that I that I can pick up my guitar again mm-hmm. that I can sing again and then I can sing and not get paid for it mm-hmm. <laughs> Then I can be available mm, to Jesus yeah, for God to yeah, use me. Because it's, however he wants to use me. That's that's uh-huh. the life that I now live. Uh-huh. Coming from that point of your life, coming from that, that trigger or that vice that just kind of caused everything to go in the wrong direction. I believe just by hearing your testimony, because this stuff you know, I've never mm-hmm. heard before, never heard that this much of your story. But I believe at at, at that at that pivotal mm-hmm. point, it was like an almost an ambush. Okay. We got to get rid of this girl because she carries something yeah. that can impact the world. And it's and, and, and what and what you did, Ronnie, I think and and um, you know, I, I I I share with people all the time. God is not yeah. asking us to be perfect. He just wants us to be honest. And when we be honest, 
yes. to mean that extends a greater degree of grace. But most people are more concerned about their image than about their eternal state, that they will forfeit yes. eternity only so that they can look good in front of people. But in but when you're honest, that's when you're honest and honest and accountable. And you you just hit hit those points, you know, just being honest, being accountable, accepting responsibility, and then see the hand of God restore and bring you to a whole nother place. And the other thing that I want to just kind of mention real quick is the fact that, you know, you mentioned about the church and how the church is so so uninformed disconnected and or kind of unwilling to embrace the fact that people do struggle people do go through people can have the influences of the enemy on their lives in such a way that they really need help and kind of just back away from that right. because they don't, they don't know how to deal with it they don't know how to manage that okay look we're so used to be saved sanctified holy ghost filled fire baptized you know, oh, and, yeah. and some of them same cats were still drinking, smoking, lying, cussing, fussing, right. and all that stuff, but they didn't have a safe place. Okay, so your story, I believe, is going to help mm-hmm. bring an awareness to the fact that we, especially mm-hmm. in the black church, mm-hmm. need to be able to say, I'm broken, yeah. I love God, but I'm broken, and I need some help. And, I need, and, and don't expect yeah. for me to get well overnight. Oh, yeah. Help me to walk through the process of wholeness. Man, oh my God, girl. This is absolutely amazing. Okay. It's amazing. And so listen, I'm okay. all, we're going to have to bring it to a close right now because I'm, I'm getting ready to find some chicken. And, um, and my wife had already been down looking over my shoulder. Okay, where's the chicken at, bro? Come on now. Yeah, but listen. Okay, so what, what I want to do is... Um, you know, when, when, whenever you feel like you want to, you know, just share some more, then just let me know and, it, and we'll do a part two. But I really want you to start, though, working on your book. Just write. Just write. Even if it don't make sense right now, just begin to log it, you know. And once once you start writing, you'll see that, oh, okay. Oh, okay. yeah. I forgot about that part. Oh, my God. That happened right there, too. Um because um, I, I believe that okay. um, there's, okay. there, there, there is a manual, there is a book here, okay? And, okay. Um, and I believe that this is also a part of your call, going to places, mm-hmm. you know, secular as well as, you know, mm-hmm. within the church, man, sharing yeah. that story and, and the pattern. Yes. The pattern that you put forth <laughs> and how God delivered. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, this is good. This is good. Okay, well, uh, Ronnie, Veronica, thank you so much for sharing. I know there's more, but um, like I said, I got to get that chicken in the grill. Work your first ministry. But thank you so yes, ma'am. I said work so your much first for, uh, for sharing. <laughs> huh? In Jesus' name, inshallah, Baba. Uh, so thank you so much. And um, wow, and uh, this is great, man. I'm just speechless. Okay, then. I am, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go, okay. fry this chicken. All right, you too. Okay. Thank you. All right, thank you, ma'am. Talk to you later. Have a great day. Well, hello, 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 Ronnie. Can you hear me? Hello. 
All right, man, we have made contact. The eagle has landed. Hello? Hello, Ryan? Yes. All right, there you are. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I just need to share this testimony with the audience that we have been trying for, what, a few days, a week, to get you connected. And man, I tell you what, it worked out because my next option was going to do a podcast Zoom. Oh, wow. Yes, ma'am. A podcast (laughs) Zoom. Yes. And, and have them to see your pretty face, which is still, Aww. which is still is an option because um, they make you hear your music as well. But anyway, welcome everybody to this episode of List Support Group Podcast. And we are so glad that you guys have joined us. We are not professionals at this at all, as you can probably tell. But that's all right. We have a message that we believe that is very timely and very important, especially in this day and time. So each week we want to come in, we're going to bring somebody in who has this amazing story, not no tiptoes through the tulip story, but I'm talking about a real fighting for your life story and they won and they still winning. So Today, today, I am just so happy to have this young lady uh, on the podcast. Her name is Ronnie. That's what we call her. That's what she prefers to be called. But she'll introduce herself. She has an amazing story. And, and Ronnie, you can tell as much of it as you want. Now, we try to keep it to 20 minutes, okay? So okay. we have to come back and do a part two. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. If we have to come back and do a part two or three, we can do that. Okay, but okay. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to just sit back and I might interrupt you. Just, you know, don't mind that. Uh, okay. if, I, if I hear something that I want you to kind of to elaborate a little bit more on, I might mm-hmm. do that. You know, so just introduce yourself, where you're from, where you are, yada, yada, yada. Tell your story from then to now. Okay. All right. Okay, well, first of all, I want to say, you know, that I'm, I'm very uh, honored and humbled by this opportunity. Um, and I believe the timing is perfect. Always, yes. Always, always. Timing is perfect. Um, because, ironically, I told a snippet of my story mm-hmm. on this past Sunday because I preached at one of the churches that I play at. Okay. And... Um, and the title of my message was, it's time to show your scars. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and I, and I, and I took it from this, you know, the, 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 the scripture in John 20, where, um, Jesus, you know, showed his hands and he showed, you know, the, the, the the place in his side to the disciples, you know, and, and so I was just saying that it's time to show your scars because there are doubting Thomases out there that need mm. to be able to touch, you know, like like it wasn't just enough for Thomas to see it, to see the the, the, the prince. He had to actually touch the prince. He had to touch you know? it, girl. You better preach up yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I wrote my story down because I believe in application. 
uh-huh. you know, when it comes down to messages. So uh-huh. I was like, I put my own little application in there so that okay. I could help people to understand that this message is just a message you've heard if you don't apply it to your life. You know, right. so that's right. why I wanted to. So I actually wrote the for the very first time I wrote my story down. And so uh-huh. so you're almost gonna get a synopsis of the message. Uh, okay. Okay. So, now, it, now what what you don't realize, I hate I told them I cut you off, okay. but what you don't realize is that that little synopsis is gonna birth into a book. Ooh. Okay. Wow. And I'm gonna I'm gonna help you write it and I'm gonna help you publish okay. it. Okay. Okay. Thanks very much. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Carry on. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Okay. So go okay, ahead. Okay. Well, my name is Veronica Lavette Johnson. Um, I'm a native of Mississippi, which is where I, where I currently am. Um, mm-hmm. And it was all ordained by God because um, I, I call myself coming home to just kind of reset, so to speak. And then when the when the pandemic came, I kind of ended up uh, just just staying here. And and I knew it was God, mm-hmm. so it didn't take long for me to say, mm-hmm. "Okay, God, I'm I'm back home." And so mm-hmm. um, so I was. Uh, basically reared up in a christian home dad's a pastor uh, mom mm-hmm. first lady missionary um and um and i'm actually currently serving my dad is still pastoring i'm currently serving um as his uh musician there and however else he needs me um mm-hmm. but i basically was reared up in a christian home uh gifted talented whole nine um mm-hmm. you know pretty sheltered uh, my mom, you know, me pageants and the whole nine, you know, and I was in recitals and all that. So, um, mm-hmm. so really after high school, I wanted to go to college. So I went to college. I graduated from Alcorn State University and, um, with a bachelor's in agriculture. And so okay. after I graduated, I saw a career in agriculture and, um, uh-huh. and so in like two, th- I graduated in '99, and I in in like 2002, I actually got a job working at inspector, and uh-huh. and so I worked 11 months in that job, and this is when you know this whole shift begins to take place in my life. I worked uh-huh. 11 months in my quote unquote career, uh, uh-huh. and I hated it with a passion, and so. I so I kind of just got to a place right then and there. I said, "Okay, God, listen. What did you put me on this earth to do? Because I know it's not to look at chicken. I know this is not your purpose for me. Your purpose is not for me to okay. look at poultry all day and find diseases. Okay. No, that's not. That's not. You know. And so, uh-huh. so the main thing that really caused me to just realize that that wasn't it is because. I only felt at peace when I was singing. I, I only felt at peace right, when I was writing. Right. So I was like, okay, uh-huh. God. So I know it has something to do with that. So in 2004, um, well, in 2003, I actually started to actively seek the will of God for my life. And uh-huh. and that kind of started this journey to me, finding my real passion, you know, purpose and all that good stuff. Uh So uh I moved to North Carolina per the Lord's leading and it was almost like an Abrahamic type move. Ain't no almost. It was. It was an Abrahamic type move. And Uh um, um, and so 
I moved to North Carolina and it was in North Carolina where I really grew as um, as a woman. I, you know, I, I, I grew as a minister. My pastor, Ernest W. Jones, he actually saw so much in me that he uh-huh. like snatched it out. You know, things that I really didn't see uh-huh. in myself, you know, he like snatched it out. So it uh-huh. was during uh-huh. that time that I really flourished as a musician, singer, songwriter, you know, and um, and I recorded an album in 2009. Uh-huh. And it was almost like an album, you know, just talking about my journey from leaving home up until that time. So uh-huh. a, like, like a five-year journey. Uh-huh. And so this is when the, you know, this is when the, the story kind of spins a little. Uh-huh. Like after after I record my little album, I'm like, oh, I'm ready to go on the road. Okay. Okay. So, so, um, okay. So, so what I stopped doing was I stopped seeking God. I I was like, surely God, you, this is what you want me to do. Surely Uh this is what you want me to do. You want me to go out and evangelize through the music. Uh So, (laughs) surely this is what you want, Lord. And so, the thing about it is, when your heart is really, really connected to something, you can actually start seeking God. And because your heart is so attached to it, you really think that God is talking and God ain't talking. It's just your Girl, you, you better preach. You better preach. You get what I mean? I so got you. Because yes, I was ma'am. so attached to moving away. I was uh-huh. so attached to just leaving and doing this thing until I started to see signs and wonders <laughs> in right. the flesh. Just fleshless signs. So, uh-huh. so I basically left North Carolina and all these signs quote unquote from these signs i ended up in minnesota i ended Uh up um in iowa i actually had a wreck in iowa Uh and that's when i had to pause and that's when that was really when depression started to come like because that accident it left me out there like no, uh, uh-uh, uh, this is not where you. No, this is because I had lived in Iowa before, uh-huh. so I already knew what Iowa had and what it didn't have, and what I didn't like and what I liked. And so, it uh-huh. was, it was, it was when I got dropped off in Iowa that I started really just being depressed because I was lost. I was so lost at that point, and I was uh-huh. just going through the motions, and. That was in 2010. In in 2012, I get a call from a pastor, and he wants me to come up and be his worship pastor. Uh Uh-huh. And surely, oh, this is God. Because God, this Uh is what I live to do. I live to worship you. I live to lead people into worship. I live Uh to serve. I know you've anointed me to be a leader. Uh Uh-huh. So I packed all of my little stuff, and I put Uh it in. My 1998 Volvo. I drove to Bellingham, Washington to get on the ferry. Uh-huh. I, I was on the ferry for five days, ended up in Alaska, and I was a worship pastor at a church in Alaska. Whoa, 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 whoa. Bring it back a little bit. Uh huh. Take, take a breath. Okay. Take a breath. Okay. okay. <laughs> you drove your Volvo. Yes. 
to Washington State. Yes. Put you and your Bobo on a ferry. Yes. And you rode the ferry all the way to Alaska. Yes. A five-day journey. A five-day journey. Girl, I wish I would have known they had that because we drove from Alaska and that took us six days. But anyway, yeah. um, I didn't know they had ferries. Yes. But okay. Yes. Okay. Thank. I actually right. had a layover well, in Juneau, Alaska, which is the capital. Been to Juneau. I used to work in Juneau. Lord have mercy. Wow. Okay. Look at this. Yes, ma'am. Look at look at that. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm gonna stop. Okay. I'm gonna stop. Go ahead. So I move away, and and honestly, I was just at a place where surely this is it. You know, this is my mm-hmm. dream job. I get a chance to do what I love to do and I get paid for it, you know, mm-hmm. and the church really laid out the red carpet for me. Um, but unfortunately, because I was given that position, of course, hindsight is 2020. I didn't see all this back then in 2000. Right. But because uh-huh. I was put in such a leadership position without proper maturity, I mm-hmm. just mishandled. I really mishandled the people. I really mishandled okay. my position. And mm-hmm. and so um so I I I I really wasn't a good I I I wasn't a good fit, I'm gonna say. I wasn't a good fit for the okay. ministry. So mm-hmm. in January of 2014, um I went into work and on a Thursday, January 16th to be exact, I went into mm-hmm. work and the pastor came in. Um, and he shared with me that they no longer had a need for my services and, mm. and that I had, you know, I, I, I did a great job. It wasn't because of my, you know, my, my service to the ministry. It's just that they didn't feel that I was a good fit. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so they gave me a severance package and, um, but I had built a life there. Like I, right. I had just bought a new truck. I had just, um, uh, I was just about to uh, about to renew my lease, and but because mm-hmm. I was so disconnected from the ministry or like from the people mm-hmm. in the ministry, like they didn't really mm-hmm. see my life, like they didn't really see the life that I was creating. They they looked at me, mm-hmm. you know, as an employee, you know. So with right. your permanent, you, right. you okay. just keep moving. You know, I think they did consider mm-hmm. the fact that my my lease would be up in February, so they're thinking, oh well, maybe. I'm just saying, maybe they were thinking that, well, if we release her now, then, then she really doesn't lose anything. Um, and so, Mm -hmm. um, I basically defaulted to anger. I was angry at the church. I was angry at the pastor. I was angry at the people. I was just, I was angry at God. Mm -hmm. And so from 2014 Mm -hmm. to 2018, I was on a on a on a on a on a like a quick spiral into you know mm-hmm. just a, a a spiritual and even almost a physical death and um mm-hmm. so of course i went deeper into depression um i started mm-hmm. i started getting anxious because i wasn't seeking god of course because i'm mad at him you know and mm-hmm. i'm not really right. talking to right. him i ain't hanging right. out with him you know and so so mm-hmm. so I started to really um like feed my anger with alcohol. Um and I mm-hmm. realized that I was really just hurt, you know, but because I wasn't processing the hurt, 
it was it, it just went directly to anger you know and i really didn't want to feel right. the pain uh-huh. so i started drinking uh-huh. and uh uh-huh. and, and, and at first i could have a glass of wine at night and i'm good but a uh-huh. glass of wine turned into a bottle of wine a bottle of wine turned into mixed okay. drinks you know and then mixed drinks turned into my own mixed drinks at the house and so i basically okay. started to drink heavily and um and i uh i was still trying to function as a human you know going through something and not, and nobody to me nobody really understood what i was going through so i didn't really feel like i had the support that i needed so as uh-huh. a result of me feeling that way i just made alcohol my best friend alcohol was like you i was like oh. alcohol you my boo boo you are not you you going to listen to me right right you going to make me feel better you going you know you going to give me that uh-huh. quote unquote liquid courage to the point where i can uh-huh. you know shrug stuff off that used to bother me you know and so it became my best friend it became my boyfriend and it and it and it eventually became uh-huh. my god because i was just going to it instead of going to god and um so fast forward from 2014 to 2017 that's i realized uh-huh. that i was out of control because i started to mix my alcohol with my depression meds and mix my alcohol with uh, my anxiety meds okay. and so okay. and that would take okay. me into a state of and it's the twisted thing about alcohol is that it really is it really doesn't help you like it doesn't i mean you because after the the highest down you still got that situation going on you know and so right, right. so i really was kept right. going deeper and deeper and lower and lower and i'm thinking that the you know that the alcohol is really giving me a boost but it's really bringing me deeper 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 down so of course right and 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 that and that's the uh yes. the intent of it that's the device of it because it's never it's never going to fulfill yes. it is going to give the impression which is a false impression of fulfillment until it wears off and you still facing the same situation that exactly. you were in the beginning that's to trick exactly. the enemy that's how he get us hooked no 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 okay, no that's okay. fine no, okay that's i'm great. sorry go ahead carry on and so yeah. i so because yeah. i started to mix those things and started to get deeper and deeper then that's when the enemy is like yeah i got mm-hmm. her now so i'm going to take her out and i'm going to let her do it you know and so mm-hmm. so uh-huh. that so I, there were uh, several times that i know of where i mixed my my alcohol and my and my medications and i ended up in two different hospitals in their in the psychiatric uh-huh. like i spent two weeks in one of them at on two separate times and and i and i was uh-huh. and i spent two like two nights in at uh Cape Fear Valley and one time one suicide attempt okay. was really so severe until i i 
I went from one hospital to the next in a in a in a hospital bed and I don't even know how I got my clothes off. I don't know. I don't know who you know, I don't know how I got from one hospital to the next hospital. I ain't felt I, I ain't felt them put no uh-huh. IV in my veins or nothing. And that wow. and that's when coupled with the fact that you know that alcohol had begun to you know control me i said veronica you gotta get help like you like this like you gotta get help uh-huh. you know and and really uh-huh. I, uh, I i i went to substance abuse counseling right there in fayetteville at at, at carolina uh-huh. outreach i went to substance abuse counseling now mind uh-huh. you i i continued to drink because I was like, oh, I'm just gonna come and get uh-huh. the information, but I can slow down. Like I can, I ain't gotta necessarily stop. Right. But, but I right. did not right. get to a place where I knew that I had to stop until I had to admit that I was an alcoholic. So it was not until uh-huh. Uh-huh. um they would have the AA uh, group to come in to our our groups and and we mm-hmm. had to listen to them and I got to the place where I was mm-hmm. like Veronica and even my group leader she knew I was still drinking you know and that's one thing I love about about mm-hmm. counseling is they don't shun you if they know that you or they don't they don't fuss at you or anything like that you're there to get help you know and they loved you they love you in the midst of this and of course you know i'm i'm Mm -hmm. i'm seeing god even in the midst of me going to counseling because the love was still there you get what i mean like i'm still seeing the fact that god is using these people to love on me and love me through this but i still had to admit Mm -hmm. it in order for me to get my relationship established with God again and to get myself in a space again where I was completely sober and vigilant as the Bible says. Mm -hmm. So I admitted that I was an alcoholic and I I Mm -hmm. admitted that in 2017 and um, it was like after I began to admit it, then I started to try to wean myself away from it. And, um, and so I'll say maybe three months after I admitted that I was an alcoholic, I actually was faced with a decision that I could either continue Uh to drink and just drink my entire life away, Uh or I could actually Uh live the life that God intended for me to live. So mm-hmm. I began to see just how much of an enemy that the alcohol was. Right. So right. I okay. wrote a song. Okay. And I'm gonna tell you one thing about me and breaking uh-huh. up with a boyfriend. Once I write a song about Uh-oh. you, are we done? Uh-huh. That's it. <laughs> You, I got two boyfriends right now that could probably tell you if we were to ever talk again that that when Veronica writes a song about uh, you, she's done. She's done. It's over. 
it's over. So I wrote a uh-huh. breakup song uh-huh. to alcohol. I wrote uh-huh. a breakup wow. song to alcohol. And I promise you, that along uh-huh. with the uh, that along with the accountability from other people is what has kept me sober. Because uh-huh. when I think about wow. when I think about a drink to the point where I want to go to the store and buy one, uh-huh. I, I I start singing uh-huh. that song. That song st- and and it, and I I don't wow. just think of that song, but I but I think about all the people that I shared with last month that I was 28 months sober. And I think about the fact that if I relapse, uh-huh. then I then then I can't I, I can't have that testimony next month. You know, come on, and, and so yeah. and, and and I hate yeah. that the quote unquote church don't want to hear stuff like this because people don't realize that you need people to be able to keep you up. You need the Come voices of the right. people right. to keep you up. So I'm so transparent about it because my Facebook and my Instagram uh-huh. followers, people that I probably will never meet, they keep me accountable to stay sober. Yeah, yeah. That's they good. keep me accountable. So I'm at a place in my life where I know God never left me, even though I was angry with him. Mm-hmm. Whatever he had planned for my life, it was it it, it was going to be no matter what, you know. And so right. I had to right. get from the religious mm-hmm. stuff because it had got to a point where I was I would have a drink before I went to church because of the fact that, like I said, it mm-hmm. gives you that liquid courage. Do you feel like if anybody say anything to me today? Because because. Mm-hmm. When I came back, I came back broken. You know, I came back angry. I came back with baggage. I didn't just bring my luggage, but I had baggage. Several bags under your shoulder. Yeah. You know, and so when, when I started to go to counseling, I also went to therapy and... I, I, I realized uh-huh. why losing that job was such a turning point in my life. Why it was su- it's that event. Because I'm telling you, uh-huh. if you look at any intervention video, you will an event uh-huh. that happened in their lives that drove them to the place where they're at today. Uh-huh. So right. me, me... There's always a shifting moment. There's me always a losing shifting that moment. job yeah. was was my shifting moment that's losing and I didn't realize Uh that I had never never properly grieved the death of my brother and that's a whole I mean that's like a whole nother chapter in and of itself that's a whole nother story so that's how loss became that thing that just kept driving me deeper and deeper Uh and deeper and because I had reached such a place in my life where I felt this was it and God just swept the rug right from under my feet Uh I just fell I Uh fell and and because I wasn't seeking Uh God I messed up when I moved in 2010 I messed up that's that's Uh when I got off but that's why Today, uh-huh. I refuse to close my mouth 
about this when I know it was God mm -hmm. that has given me the testimony that I have because he could have let me die yeah he could have he could have wow. allowed me to hit somebody while I was driving impaired he could have allowed me to even get a, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact I went to an event in like maybe Christmas of 2015, I believe it was. I went to an event and I had one drink. Mm -hmm. When I say one drink, I say one drink. And I had to drive from mm -hmm. Michigan back to Iowa. And mm -hmm. I was listening to uh, Ty Trebek. I, was, I think I might have been listening to He Turned It. And I uh -huh. just was going in and I was crying and I was uh -huh. praising the Lord. And I didn't realize I was speaking. So when I got pulled over, uh -huh. my of course my eyes were red and my nose was red from crying. And so the 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 uh -huh. the cop he asked me if um you know you know why was I speeding? And I was like, sir, I said my music was on. I was just really excited. And he said um he said uh, uh -huh. he said would you step out of the car or whatever? And I and I said sure. And um he said uh -huh. um. Have you had anything to drink tonight? And I said, well, I said, I had a drink like maybe mm -hmm. like like an hour or so ago, maybe, you know, and he said, so so then he, you know, he does the whole test, you know, and like he puts his finger in, mm -hmm. you know, in front of my face and he tells me to follow his finger. And then I do the breathalyzer and mm -hmm. I fell just beneath mm -hmm. the point where I could have been mm. taken to jail that night. And not only that, Apostle, wow. I was in somebody else's vehicle. But mm -hmm. I believe, without, I really believe, mm. and I'll go to my grave believing this, I believe that the mm -hmm. praise that I have put forth mm -hmm. in that car before mm -hmm. I just believe mm -hmm. that I brought God on the scene to the point where he could move mm -hmm. on this officer's heart and cause him mm -hmm. to allow me to go. Not only did he move on the uh -oh. officer's heart, Woo. I'm sorry, you get me excited, but he also got um, into um, that breath Eliza device and said, yeah. now don't you Woo. go no further than this right here. Because I need, yes. I need, I need her to get home. So don't you go no right. further than this point, oh. right? Okay, stop. Don't move. Right there. Yeah, yeah. You probably you know what? Saying. And so I believe again. Mm -hmm. I believe just even my honesty with this, with this guy. I just read, and that's just, mm -hmm. it's the same way with God. We can be in so much trouble. Like we could have, mm. we, we, yes, we ran the stop sign. Yes, we were driving too fast. Yes, we didn't do what he told us to do, but he 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 can he has the power to let you go if you be honest. If you be honest with him. So when 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 I'm yeah. watching TV, because because yeah. because you know it's everywhere. You, alcohol is everywhere. I mean, it's like they got these princes mm -hmm. that came out. You know, and they got all this new stuff, and it seems like everybody on mm -hmm. TV can have a glass of wine. Everybody. Like, this is just the thing, you know. And I don't mm -hmm. knock it, mm -hmm. but it's like, that's that thing. Right, right. You know, that's my vice. Uh -huh. So, so when I, when I look at that, and mm -hmm. I be like, okay, God, um, 
it would it would be nice for me to have a little, you know, a, a, a little martini right now. Uh-huh. You know, because the thing about it is, the thing that uh-huh. life is still happening. And and life sent me to alcohol, so right, life right. can definitely keep me in alcohol. But I choose the life that God has chosen for me. Uh-huh. And right. If right. we would just be honest, right. like I said, it's, it's time to show our scars. It's mm-hmm. time to show them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, just thinking about that part about honesty, yes. you know, if Adam would have been honest when he was first confronted with God in the garden, things may have been a little different. Things may have been, have turned out a whole right. other way. But because he wasn't honest, that man, we, we are where yeah. we are right now. Yeah, we are yeah. We and the thing right about now. it is, God yeah. already knew. Mm-hmm. He said, mm-hmm. where are you? Who told you you were naked? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and I need to look at that from? with the scripture yeah. from the message where when Jesus came to Thomas, Jesus said to him, reach it, just mm-hmm. don't reach because I already know. I already know what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and reach right, your hand. Right, right, so right, right. So of course, I'm pretty sure that even before mm-hmm. Thomas was able to touch him, that that already ignited something in the fact that 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 he already knows what I'm looking for. He already knows what it's gonna take for me to believe. Mm-hmm. So God mm-hmm. knows what it's going to take in this yeah. hour for people to really believe that they can, that they can be delivered from it or that they can stop. Because everybody don't even, that everybody don't look at mm-hmm. recovery as quote unquote delivery. So, so I meet people with the point of mm-hmm. you can recover. And not only can you recover, you mm-hmm. know, the, 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 the control that you have but you can recover the things that you've lost along the way so recovery along is, for way. Me, is not just me Absolutely. stopping you know stopping drinking recovery for me is that I that I can pick up my guitar again mm-hmm. and I can sing again and then I can sing and not get paid for it mm-hmm. <laughs> then I can mm-hmm. be available yeah. For God to yeah. use me because if, however he wants to use me. That's that's uh-huh. the life that I now live. Uh-huh. Coming from that point of your life, coming from that, that trigger or that vice that just kind of caused everything to go in the wrong direction. I believe just by hearing your testimony, because this stuff you know, I've never mm-hmm. heard before, never heard that this much of your story. But I believe at at, at that at that pivotal mm-hmm. point, it was like an almost an ambush. Okay. We got to get rid of this girl because she carries something yeah. that could impact the world. And it's, and, and, and what and what you did, Ronnie, I think and and um, you know, I, I I I share with people all the time. God is not yeah. asking us to be perfect. He just wants us to be honest. And when we be honest, yes. to me, that extends a greater degree of grace. 
But most people are more concerned about their image than about their eternal state that they will forfeit yes. eternity only so that they can look good in front of people. But in but when you're honest, that's when you're honest and honest and accountable. And you you just hit hit those points, you know, just being honest, being accountable, accepting responsibility, and then see the hand of God restore and bring you to a whole nother place. And the other thing that I want to just kind of mention real quick is the fact that, you know, you mentioned about the church and how the church is so so uninformed disconnected and or kind of unwilling to embrace the fact that people do struggle people do go through people can have the influences of the enemy on their lives in such a way that they really need help and kind of just back away from that right. because they don't know how to deal with it they don't know how to manage that okay because we're so used to be saved sanctified holy ghost filled fire baptized you know, oh, and, yeah. and some of them same cats were still drinking, smoking, lying, cussing, fussing, right. and all that stuff, but they didn't have a safe place. Okay, so your story, I believe, is going to help mm-hmm. bring an awareness to the fact that we, especially mm-hmm. in the black church, mm-hmm. need to be able to say, I'm broken, yeah. I love God, but I'm broken, and I need some help. And, I need, and, and don't expect yeah. for me to get well overnight. Oh, yeah. Help me to walk through the process <laughs> of wholeness. Man, oh my God, girl. This is absolutely amazing. Okay. It's amazing. And so listen, I'm okay. all, we're gonna have to bring it to a close right now because I'm getting ready to I'm getting ready to find some chicken. Uh-oh. And um Uh-oh. and my wife had already been down looking over my shoulder. Okay, where the chicken at, bro? Come on now. Yeah. But listen, okay, so what what I want to do is um you know, when, when, whenever you feel like you want to, you know, just share some more, then just let me know and, it, and we'll do a part two. But I really want you to start, though, working on your book. Just write. Just write. Even if it don't make sense right now, just begin to log it, you know. And once once you start writing, you'll see that, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I forgot about that part. Oh, my God. That happened right there, too. Um because um, I, I believe that okay. um, there, okay. there, there, there is a manual, there is a book here, okay? And, okay. Um, and I believe that this is also a part of your call, going to places, mm-hmm. you know, secular as well as, you know, mm-hmm. within the church, man, sharing yep. that story and, and the, the pattern. Yes. The pattern that you put forth <laughs> and how God delivered. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, this is good. This is good. Okay, well, uh, Ronnie, Veronica, thank you so much for sharing. I know there's more, but um, like I said, I got to get that chicken in the grill. Work your first ministry. But thank you so yes, man. I said work so your first much for, uh, for sharing. <laughs> huh? In Jesus' name, inshallah, Baba. Uh, so thank you so much. And um, wow, and uh, this was great, man. I'm just speaking. Okay, then. I am, but I'm gonna I'm go. Okay. I'm gonna fry this chicken. All right, you too. Thank you. All right, thank you, ma'am. Talk to you later. Have a great day.